the sound of the horn. Welcome to an all-new Clipcast. I'm your host, Chris Kowild. Yes, the legendary Clipcast. Feel it. Feel it, Clipper Nation. It's a celebration. Feel the elation because we grabbed our seventh, a perfect seven, our seventh win of our seven second nights on back-to-backs. Does that make sense? We've had seven back-to-backs so far in this crazy COVID-shortened season. This 72-game season, there's been seven back-to-backs, and we are 7-0 in night two of those back-to-backs. Yes, it just feels good. It feels better when we beat Luka. Don't it? Don't you just think it's better when we beat Luka? Don't you just love when the Clippers beat Luka? And the Dallas Mavericks kept trying to make it a game. They got pretty close late, maybe like within four, within six. Clippers win by 10. Paul George with the dagger as the shot clock is expiring. Deep three right over Luka. Right over Floppy Von Flopperstein himself. The NBA just insists that we love Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, and Zion Williamson. Whether you like it or not. Somebody, my friend on Twitter was saying, why are the Pelicans and the Warriors on TV every single night? And I agree. Because the NBA wants us to love Zion Williamson. And yeah, I get it. Steph Curry's got a baby face, got a chin full of pubes. You know, lovable face guy, arguably the best shooter, certainly in the modern NBA, maybe ever. I don't know. Pete Maravich might have something to say about that. (laughs) Eric Piakowski might have something to say about that. I mean, he would be wrong, the Polish rifle. But man, does the NBA want us to love Luka Doncic. And I'll tell you who I love, your Los Angeles Clippers, my Los Angeles Clippers. The LA Clippers. Come on. Two and one after the All-Star break. And man alive. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Sound the alarms. Watch out, watch out. Ring the bell of, of, ring the bell of, uh uh-oh. Clipper Nation is freaking out. Hold on, hold on. Stop the music, stop the music. Clipper Nation, you have to calm down on Twitter after losses. Now, I know, I know I'm a very well-educated man, bachelor's degree, as you know, from the American University Department of the Performing Arts. So I learned, according to this piece of paper, how to pretend, yes, my degree in theater performance, so necessary. Anyway, I am an educated person. So I get on Twitter and I am not screaming into the void that the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Clippers Nation, calm yourselves after these losses. You cannot, sadly, win them all. Son of a gun, we're not going to go 72-0 this season. But we are 11 games over 500. And I'm going to razzle-dazzle you on this episode with stats and homework that I've done to ease your pain, brothers and sisters, and non-gender specifics out there, theys, what do you call a family they? Regardless, doesn't matter. I want you to calm down after the losses and stop just with the thumbs and hitting the send and going crazy on Twitter. And I know, I need to pump the brakes on the Twitter. I have muted no one, I've blocked no one. I am blocked and muted by many, but I have blocked and muted no one at LA Clipcast. So if you are a dear, cherished listener, and that's the funny thing, 
there's far more interaction with this podcast than there is with me on Twitter, okay? So I know my listeners are, they love the Clippers. They're great members of Clippers Nation, Clips Nation, if you will. They are savvy. They are sexy. They're handsome. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. They're great looking. NASA did a test on the NBA fans. They took DNA samples of every single team's fans. Clipper fans are the best-looking fans, not just in the NBA, but in sports. But my Clipcast fans, my Clipcast ears are the best in the business, the brightest in the business. Get on Twitter, create an account, put a little profile pic up there, and please tweet at me so I can actually get some sanity every now and then. I will start naming names because there are a couple of real dirty dogs out there who are such negative Nellies, who are such chicken littles. The sky is falling. The sky is falling after every loss. No one has ever gone 82-0 in the history of the league. And it's funny because, yeah, you know, I follow this guy Z-Dog who may or may not have uh, – he, he's not all there, folks. He's not – all 52 cards are not in the deck. He is, And he's missing a couple of crucial cards, like at least four aces he's missing. Regardless, he's a Jazz fan. They're the best team in the league. And by the way, you got to follow this guy Z-Doggy. I've – I uh, retweeted him and tweeted him many, many times. He does these stream of conscious freestyle raps that are some of the more entertaining things you're ever going to see in your entire life or hear. My God. And it's not music. It's definitely art, but it ain't music what he does. But the Jazz just lost last night, and he tweeted out WTF, except for he expanded upon it. And by the way, Burbank Hank is not here, and he's really the PC, PG co-host of this operation we may actually we might actually go a little blue tonight because Burbank Hank has got the night off so I need you on Twitter for if if there are any of my negative Nelly Twitter people out there who listen to the show and I don't think there are by the way because the other day I was just like I was getting into a little Twitter battle with a member of Clipper Nation just going relax bro it's one loss like relax and then you know we were kind of debating and he was like this team is so flawed and we have to make all the trades in the world and Kawhi Leonard isn't the guy like just all these horrible dumb things saying and I'm like well I'm going to expand upon it on the show and then he goes who has the time to listen to 48 minutes of just Clipper talk I think real members of Clipper Nation have the time and we have now a dearth I don't know if that's the right word a wealth of Clipper podcasts a wealth you're despicable Space Jam's going to be despicable. There is so many Clipper podcasts now. So Clipper Nation, you can just finally get nonstop Clipper talk if you are tech savvy. It doesn't take that much doing with your thumbs to make it just Clipper talk in your ears, rattling around your brain cages. You can finally get nothing but Clipper talk. So get on there. Get on Twitter. If you do listen to the show and are on Twitter, my God, tweet at me some positivity because I cannot stand the negativity, even in the wins. Even in the wins, NBA, I mean, I have seen so many NBA basketball games, yes, on television, but live Los Angeles Clippers basketball games since they moved to Staples Center, I sadly can tell you, I never went to the sports arena. I didn't live in Los Angeles, and I blame my parents. It's my parents' fault. My son was born in Torrance Memorial here in L.A. County, okay? I learned from my parents' unforgivable mistakes I moved to Los Angeles as soon as I became an adult, and here I've been ever since. And 
once the Clippers moved to Staples Center, that's how I got turned on to those guys. And we've all heard the story about the tires and blah, blah, blah. But look, I went to the Clippers games. I fell in love with these guys, and I literally love this team. Love them. Love every player. We'll be the first to throw them under the bus once they leave. You know, last year, Montrez, Doc, Lou, and Landry hadn't left yet. I threw them completely under the bus. When Paul George was a bust in the first round, I threw him completely under the bubble bus. I was the first one to say bubble trouble when we didn't even start the playoffs. And everybody said, calm down. I said, no, there's some bubble trouble here. There's some bubble trouble here. But we're not in the bubble anymore, folks. We are not in the bubble. I'm going to razzle-dazzle you with so many great statistics. One that I mentioned earlier on the show, we are 7-0 and in night twos of a back-to-back. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? There's many facets to why it's so important. One, the big one. Kawhi Leonard never played back-to-backs for the past, what, four seasons, five seasons? This season, he realized last season they didn't have enough minutes logged to get the chemistry necessary to shut down the Denver Nuggets up 3-1 in round two and bit them on their butts, and they lost, okay? So what does Kawhi Leonard do? He says, all right, no more load management. I'm healthy. I'm back. I'm ready. We need to log the minutes to get the chemistry. We need to go through the battles to win the war. We need to go through the fire. And that's what exactly they're doing. So it's huge that Kawhi Leonard is playing in both nights of back-to-backs. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would argue that he's probably played in five of those back-to-backs. He's probably played in at least five of all of those back-to-backs. He's missed a handful of games. And we'll get into guys missing games and what that means. But the fact that we are 7-0 in night twos of back-to-backs and Kawhi Leonard is available on game one of back-to-back and game two of back-to-back, that's massive. Now, here's another little head-scratcher that is really going to blow your mind. Why it is such a massive deal that we are two on night two that we are perfect, undefeated in night twos of back-to-backs. Why is it so much more of a big deal this season than any other season? I'll tell you after the break. And here comes the commercial, and so lower the volume. I, I don't know. I don't know why the commercials are so loud. Here comes three, two. Oh, yeah, what a great, what a great, uh, what a great product. That, whatever that was, right? Yeah, buy 12 of whatever that was. Okay, I think you had time to, you know, adjust your dial. Anyway, we're back. Okay, so why is it so much more important this season that we're 7-0 and in night twos of back-to-backs? Here's why. My great, great friend, LA Times, is Dan Wykey. It's pronounced Wykey. He's, he's woke with an I in the middle. He's I-woke. Dan Wykey, okay, for the LA Times, used to be OC Register, great guy. One night after... After Blake, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan lost a game they should have won in the playoffs, Dan Wykey literally comes up to me and goes, how do you like these guys? Anyway, I'll never forget that. But Dan, Dan Wykey, who, by the way, Clipper Darrell and Dan Wykey are like the only two people ever to drive all the way to Redondo Beach to the Tiki Hut Studios in my garage and actually record a clipcast here in the Tiki Hut Studios, a.k.a. my garage. So Dan Wykey, huge friend of the show, love Dan Wykey, 
Read the LA Times. Subscribe to the LA Times. Follow him. I think he's at Dan White. Look, he's the only D-A-N-W-O-I-K-E. I think it's like Dan Whitey Sports or something, but he's great. He wrote this article Sunday. And, and on this show, Burbank Hank and I have many times said, oh, thank God Ty Lue's our coach because Doc Rivers hated practice. Practice? We're talking about practice. Doc Rivers hated practice. He loved golf. There was no practice that was more important than the 18th hole. You know, like that's what we've said many, many times. And, oh, thank God we're going to practice more. Here comes Ty Lue. Then all of a sudden, Dan Wykey blows my fragile, nimble simple mind theater degree folks he blows my mind with this article that he masterfully stroked what he masterfully written for the los angeles times sunday times la sunday times la times sunday times i still get the hard copy oh i get my hands dirty with the print i take it to the beach on a sunday and sit there and read the paper so i read dan wykey's article sunday and this is why it's going to blow your mind why it's so important that we win these night twos of back-to-backs because no one is practicing this year. No no team is practicing. None. No teams in the NBA are practicing because of pro- safety, COVID protocols. Like, zero practice is happening anywhere. So why is it so important that we're undefeated night twos of a back-to-back? Because back-to-backs are essentially practice. These regular season games are practice it's literally practice trial by fire under fire win these battles win the war we're not getting the practice the practice is literally on the court Wikey quoted James Harden and Paul George talked to Ty Lue talked to a ton of NBA greats Clippers non-Clippers Frank Vagel I think his name is coach of the L word read the article I tweeted it out find it They're not practicing this season. So the regular season, which I have literally talked myself dizzy, telling you how it's much more important in the NBA, the regular season, than any other professional sport. And I'm about to razzle-dazzle you with some big-time stats on that. Oh, the dazzling. Oh, the razzling. They're not practicing this season because of safety protocols. They're not. None of the teams are practicing. So I think that's why we're seeing these crazy games where teams that should be winning are getting blown out. Why the Clippers are losing on a Sunday afternoon to Luka many, many moons ago by 50. It's just a, it's admitted, it's a wonkier season. I know you guys listening to the show are diehards. Come out to the coast, have a few laughs. California. I know you shoot the glass. And the quarterback is toast. I'm just quoting the movie Die Hard, but I know you psychotic Clipper fans who listen to this show. I love you, each one, more than the next. I know you're Die Hard fans, and I know this season is wonky, and it feels different, and it feels wonky. And I'm telling you this, Dan Wykie, LA Times, Sports Section, Sunday Times, Dan Wykie article, blew the lid open for me. I have looked inside Pandora's box. The teams are not practicing. Even the great Brian Seaman tonight said, oh, no, no, we're not going to practice tomorrow because it's a day off because we had a back-to-back. We're just not practicing. Sure, there's shoot-around. Sure, there's film sessions and such and such treatments. <laughs> they're, not, they're not practicing. None of the teams are practicing this season. So these games mean much more. These games are 
practice. This these regular season games, where yes, we were the two seed, and it just we just uh, can't we catch the Jazz? But look at the Jazz. The Jazz are skidding. The Jazz are coming back down to earth. They're in double digits in the L column. Finally, L word just absolutely fell apart on either side of the All Star break, which we loved. Phoenix, you know that's not going to last. We've seen it ourselves with Chris Paul. We know what he can do in the regular season, and then literally he falls apart in the postseason. And 10 games shorter a regular season is not going to be the difference maker, I don't think, for CP3. I want nothing but the best for him. Obviously, I want him to lose abysmally in the playoffs because he is a division rival with the Phoenix Suns. But I'm going to razzle-dazzle you right now because I did a little bit of homework, okay? And why is the regular season so important? Well, it's so important in the NBA because literally in the history of the league, and I've said this many times, in the history of the league, the NBA champion has always been, most of the time, the one seed. It's always one, two, or three. Mostly it's the one seed. Second most is the two seed. Third most is the three seed. It's literally never, ever, 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 ever been the five seed, the seven seed, or the eight seed. The only times ever, it's been twice, twice ever, that the team that was the NBA champion was not the one seed, the two seed, or the three seed. Only twice in NBA history has a non-one seed, two seed, three seed won the chip, won the Larry O'Brien trophy. Both of those teams that won were returning champions. Hear me say that again. Only twice in NBA league history has a four seed or higher won it all. And those both of those times, a four seed and a six seed, were returning champions. And I'll tell you those teams right now, friends. The Boston Celtics 1969 returning champs The same Boston Celtics who literally won 10 out of 11 Larry O'Brien trophies in a row. They won the championship 10 years out of 11. And one of those years, they won it as the four seed as returning champs in 69, dude. And why was that awesome? Because they beat the L word. God bless them. And then the other time was when the six seed returning champ Houston Rockets, fluky Michael Jordan, Major League Baseball hiatus, 1995, returning champs, Hakeem Olajuwon, Houston Rockets. The only two times in NBA history that the one seed, two seed, or three seed has ever won it all. And both times, those were returning champions. So we know who the... I'm not going to say it. But we know who those, oh boy, gosh. We know who those Mickey Mouse champs are. I hate saying that word for the L word. So, look, let's get them down to the four, five, six, seven, eight seed. And they ain't doing it, folks, okay? But if you want to win it all, you have to be a returning champion and be any seed you like. Well, really, four or six. And you really need history on your side like the Celtics did and like the Rockets did because Michael Jordan was going through a midlife or third life, quarter life crisis, whatever. We all saw the ESPN Netflix documentary. That reminds me. 
oh, I got to watch Last Dance on Netflix with all the colorful words and metaphors. Because I watched it on ESPN with all the bleeps. Oh, shut the funnel cake opener. <laughs> shut your fun loving mouths. I want to hear the dirty, dirty words. I got to watch it on Netflix. I should watch it again. Anyway. It's always the one seed, the two seed, or the three seed. So it is very important for our Los Angeles Clippers to get up there. And look, you know, we are a breath away from the three seed. We might even be the three seed because the L Word Warriors game is happening right now, and I, I just don't care to look at it. I really don't care. But we're either the three seed or the four seed at this exact moment. And we put together a win string. I thought we were going to win 10 in a row, but it looks like we're going to go nine and one <laughs> in that first 10 stretch after the all-star break. We need to string together some W's because a lot of our conference leaders have been losing lately. The Jazz, I'm talking to you. The L word, I'm talking to you. Sadly, the Clippers. But after the all-star break, Winning basketball, two and one. And we'll have more after this break from this important sponsor person thing. Lower your volume. It's going to be so loud. Here it comes. Why are they so loud? I, I tried to be like super loud coming back to kind of match the intensity of whatever the progressive or stupid thing we just had happen. <laughs> I, love the, I love our sponsors. You got to buy... For your mothers and for your children, whatever you just heard about, you need to buy all of those things that were just spoken about. Okay, so 41 games in the till in a 72-game season. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. My computer-like brain just realized 31 games left. 41 down, 31 to go before all the beans get counted. What? Anyway, then it just matters about winning 16 games, the most we've ever won in the playoffs ever is seven. The most we've ever, the most playoff games ever that the most successful Clippers team has ever won is seven. That is enough to get you to a game seven. It's enough to get you one win away from the conference finals, as we all know. So here's, here's some, here's some little bits to chew on. You can chew on these little bits. Right now, after 41 games, your Clippers, my Clippers, our Clippers, okay, are 26 and 15. But this is a little contabulation that I did this morning while I was just firing on all pistons. Detroit basketball. Just getting into flame wars on Twitter. And by the way, if you stick around to the end of the show, I will literally tell you the usernames of the worst people alive that are sadly part of Clipper Nation. <laughs> so you can mute them or verbally attack them on Twitter at your leisure. So after 40 games, the Clippers were 25 and 15. So I decided to go back all the way to 2006 when Elton Brand, Sam Cassell, Big Cat Mobley, Corey Maggette, Chris came on, Captain Caveman himself. And then Chris came in, Sean Livingston. Terrence Mann really reminds me of Sean Livingston, P.S. It's, it's another story for another time. But I went all the way back to 2006, excuse me, and I said, let's take a look at our records after 40 games for Clippers 
going back all the way to 2006. Okay, so in 2021, I just said 25 and 15. Okay, pretty good. 10 games over 500. Currently 11 games over 500. As of last Clipcast, I got to say, here's the list of the teams that have more wins than us. Utah Jazz, that's the list. Sadly, that list has been grown upon, but they're two Eastern Conference teams. So here's the list of the teams that have more wins than us in the NBA right now. The Utah Jazz. That's it in the West. Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers. Couldn't be happier for Doc. I literally want him to go to the finals and lose to us. That would be amazing. And then Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordans, Brooklyn Nets, who I really want to go to the finals and lose to us. So there are three teams with more wins than us in the NBA. My God. Doc Rivers' team, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordans' team, and the stupid Z-Dogs Utah Jazz. Bark, I'm angry. But there's 30 teams in the league. We literally have the fourth most wins. Any long-suffering Clipper fan would be like, what? We have the fourth most wins? We're 11 games over 500? All right, so 2021. After 40 games, we're 25 and 15. Last year, tied for the most successful run in Clipper franchise history, which is seven playoff wins. We were 27 and 13. We would go on to win the next four games. Two years ago, when we were the improbable eight seed who beat the Warriors, I don't know, twice in Oakland, right? We lost in six. Like, it was cool that we won that one game, but it sucked that we didn't win a single home game. I, I just, anytime anyone was like, oh, the team had so much heart, I'm like, I don't want heart. I want the Western Conference Finals. That's what I want. I want the NBA championship. That's what I want. Uh Uh-oh, there's Burbank Hank literally texting me right now. You heard the ding. You heard the... (laughs) That was a different ding. In 2019, we were 24 and 16. Not as good as 25 and 15. And that season, we would then go on to lose the next five in a row. Also, that was an 82-game season. I don't even know how many games we ended up playing in the regular season in 2020 because of all the nonsense. That season's an anomaly, folks, and I do think it was rigged in the you-know-who's favor, and that's that's another show. Keep on going. 2018, we didn't make the playoffs that year. We were 19-21, and 21, under 500. 2017, 26-14, that would be better. Again, in a 10-game longer regular season, that team loses in the first round. 2016, 26 and 14, exactly the consistency of Chris Paul. We lose in the first round. Again, the consistency of Chris Paul. 2015, 26 and 14, that team would win six playoff games. Excuse me, seven playoff games. You need eight to go to the conference finals. They won seven. 2015, I don't want to talk about that. But look at the consistency from Chris Paul's Clippers. They were just pretty good. 26 and 14, 26 and 14, 26 and 14. And that team, that 2015 team, was the best they ever did. The year before, 27 and 13. Got to round two, lost in six. (laughs) The year before, 31 and nine. That's the best we've ever been after 40. In this list, maybe the Buffalo Braves were better. After 40, but I doubt it, honestly. 
That team lost in the first round. That was Vinny Del Negligence, Vinny Vedivici's, Vinny Vedivici's Clippers, the perfect December, and then the absolute train wreck playoffs where we were up 2-0 and then lost four in a row. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) 2012, 23 and 17. Not as good. Got to the second round, got swept by the Spurs because Odom injured Blake Griffin in practice. Yikes. 2011, 15 and 25. Chris Paul's not a clipper then. That's Blake Griffin's breakout rookie season. The year before, 18 and 22 after 40. That was the fluky Blake injury season where we had him, but he couldn't play. The year before, 2009, 9 and 31. Horrible, but that led to the first round pick and getting Blake. Changing the structure, changing the legacy of your Los Angeles Clippers. Keep on going. 2008, garbage year, 13 and 27. 2007 was a real heartbreak season because we had that beautiful 2006 great run where we were one win away from the Western Conference Finals, where the Phoenix Suns beat Los Angeles in seven in round one, and then the Phoenix Suns beat Los Angeles in seven in round two. We were so close once again to that hallway series that we have never seen and we got close last year in the bubble i guess everybody was a hallway series in the bubble 19 and 21 that was a really frustrating year 2007 just because we should have been better we had all the pieces and we just couldn't get it done and i never hated dunleavy ps and then 2006 there you go one of those three teams that was one win away from the western conference finals 24 and 16 not as good as Kawhi Leonard's Clippers. Now, let's break that down. Three teams since 2006 were one win away from getting to the Western Conference Finals. One of those teams was Elton Brand's led Clippers. Elton Brand had plenty of opportunities as a Los Angeles Clipper to take them just to round three. Literally could never do it. Got him to the playoffs once. Thanks to Sam Cassell, they got past the first round. They got past the Denver Nuggets, and then they couldn't do anything. Now, the second time it happened was in 2015 for Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, the big three, one win away from the Western Conference Finals with a 3-1 lead over Houston. Doc Rivers, Clippers, couldn't get it done with the big three. Last year, bubble, anomaly. Just to go back, Chris Paul and his big three, and Doc Rivers, but really Chris Paul and his big three, had a ton of opportunities. Could never get it done. Here's why I want Clipper Nation to just come off the ledge. Kawhi Leonard is not Chris Paul, who has classically failed in the postseason and literally never won anything. Got to the conference finals once, broke down and lost, and his team didn't make it to the finals with Houston, and then they traded him. Kawhi Leonard, with Doc Rivers coaching, with no adjustments, had a 3-1 lead. Now, Doc Rivers loves to blow 3-1 leads. That's why we dumped him. We dumped Doc. I wouldn't feel good if I was a Sixers fan with a 3-1 lead in the playoffs with Doc Rivers as my coach. But luckily, Doc Rivers isn't my coach. My coach is Ty Lue, who's literally never head coached ever and not won the conference. Been the conference champion. Got to the finals all three seasons he was a head coach. Won the Eastern Conference three out of three years as a head coach. Won the title as a head coach. He's our head coach. He's never not been 
not only to the conference finals, he's never not been to the NBA finals as a head coach. He's our coach. Kawhi Leonard is our leader. You can throw shade at Paul George, say he hasn't done anything. Fine, say it. But our head coach sure has as a player and a coach. And our leader, Kawhi Leonard, sure has. Two-time NBA final MVP. But the most important statistic of all was the Toronto Raptors had never done anything ever, 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 have never done anything ever. Drake's Jurassic Park Raptors had never done anything except be excessively polite and try to push syrup on you. They'd never done anything. And then Kawhi Leonard came there and in one year with a nurse won it all. Then he, unfortunately, sadly, he should have taken baby steps and gone from a nurse to a physician's assistant, but instead he went to the doc, and the doc loves to lose 3-1 leads and make zero adjustments. And poor, poor Kawhi in the bubble, which was an anomaly. It was an anomaly. Anomala. It was an anomaly. And so he did the best the Clippers have ever done without Ty Lue is his head coach, who, by the way, like I said, is three for three getting to the finals. He's won a chip. He's been a conference champion literally every season he's been the head coach, which is very impressive because our franchise has never even gotten to the conference finals, ever, 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 ever. So I am really confident in this team. You look at those stats of 2006 on, yeah, there was a handful of teams that were a little bit better than us that didn't do anything. There were a little bit worse than us teams that didn't do anything, okay? So now it's time for us to do something. 41 games in the till, 31 left of, let's call them practice. Let's just call regular season practice because there is no practice this season. As we learned from Dan Wyke, W-O-I-K-E, pronounced Y-Key. <laughs> B's keys and Y's keys. So this regular season is practice. 72 games of practice before you make a run. And what we've learned in NBA history is that you have to be in the regular season or what we're calling practice. You got to be the one seed. You got to be the two seed. Or you got to be the three seed if you want to win it all. So relax, Clipper Nation. And I understand you, the great listener that I love so much, that I love so dearly, that I hold so close to my Clipper-loving heart. You're not on Twitter losing your mind. Paul, I know you're listening. You're not losing your mind on Twitter. You're delighting us with your witty antics, your hysterical punchlines, and we're better for it, Paul. I appreciate you, Paul. Alonzo. I love you, buddy. I love your tweets. You're funny. You're not coming after me with the gloom and the doom. No, sirs. No, sirs. So thank you to everyone who listens to the show who's on Twitter and doesn't at me and tell me that the sky is falling and blah, blah, blah. So please at me with some positivity. And please join me after this break. So the L word beat the dubs, whatever. The dubs suck. That means that the Phoenix Suns, the L Word, and us, the L.A. Clippers, all have 26 wins apiece. The only stat that matters is that W column. Sadly, the second column that also matters, but not nearly as much, the L column, the Suns have fewer losses than us. L Word have fewer losses than us. 
And then, of course, Utah is the best team in the NBA. Will that last? I don't know. There was, They were on a run where they only had like six or seven losses, and now they're in double digits. They got 10 losses. And Z-Dog cursed on Twitter. God bless him. So, yeah, we got a lot more season left to go. We're well past the halfway point. We're kind of, sort of-ish, approaching the three-fifths point. <laughs> all right, Chris, take it easy. But anyway, 26 wins apiece for all these division rivals. Wow, Suns, Elward, Clips. Two more wins than Denver, who have 23 wins. Portland, 22 wins. Spurs, Mavs, and Warriors, all with 20 wins apiece. The West is really interesting. And I have literally said on this exact episode many times, you know, you got to be the one seed, the two seed, or the three seed if you want to win it all, except for the returning champion, and I refuse to accept that. That's just not happening. So do the Suns make me nervous? No, not in any way, shape, or form. Yes, I understand Devin Booker is LeBron James's man crush, and Chris Paul is over there, and blah, blah, blah. God, have we even played the Suns yet? Right? We beat them much earlier in the season, January 3rd at Phoenix, 112 to 107. Paul George led the night, 39 points. And, of course, Pat Beverly, who I got to talk about, led reboundings with nine rebounds. How amazing is that? Like, when Pat Beverly leads the winning team in rebounds, I mean, come on, Clips. I love it. The smallest guy on the floor getting the most rebounds. Which, by the way... The way Zoo is playing right now, and he had a season high, like 35 minutes last night. I think Zoo was going to get my Henry Dittman player of the game last night until Kawhi just went into full beast mode and grabbed every rebound and just took over late. And I know all my haters, I just got to get off Twitter. I, I just have to be much more casual with my NBA. I just, I love NBA Twitter so much, and I love Clipper Twitter. So much, but my, I just I just got to be I just got to pump the brakes a little with my Clipper Twitter. It's what I got to do. So yes, we've played Phoenix once. We beat them. We play them twice more. They do not scare me in any way, shape, or form. We're gonna win that season series. We might even sweep that season series. But we play them April eighth. It'll be on TNT, seven p.m. home game. Then we play them for the final time. By the way, I like 72 games in a season. At Phoenix, April 28th on ESPN. Hopefully both those games will be on Fox Sports Prime Ticket so I can listen to my sweet, sweet Brian Seaman, who I prefer with Fratello because when Fratello and Seaman are calling the game, Seaman's actually calling the game. But when Jim Jackson is there, they're literally talking about hostess dessert cakes. And you're just like, there's a, there's a basketball game happening here, boys. Let's let's call this game and let's let's just stop listening to Jim Jackson's nonsense non sequiturs. Who, by the way, is a Clipper hater, according to the old lady. He used to go on the national sports shows, and would, as she says, not my words, Mad Dog the Clippers. So the Phoenix Suns do not scare me. We we've beaten them already. We play them twice more, but we know that Chris Paul collapses in the postseason. He's good in round one. But anyway, we need to be one, two, or three seed. So, like, if we play them in round two, am I scared? No, I'm not scared. The only team that really scares me in the playoffs is the Utah Jazz. But we saw what happens when we play them full strength. We beat them. 
they were full strength when we played them. And when we were full strength versus their full strength team, we beat them. A couple of nights before, they absolutely clobbered us, but we had nobody. So the Jazz scare me. I think the Jazz will likely be the one seed. I love that they've been coming down to earth recently. But the way they've been playing all, you know, science, (laughs) all numbers. If I was a gambling person, which may or may not have been a commercial tonight, (laughs) I, you know, I put my money on the Utah Jazz to be the one seed, but not to win at all. But yeah, that'll be that'll be a great series. Hopefully, that's the conference finals. I I don't, I don't I honestly I hate L word fans so much that I just don't want to play them. I want them to just lose. I want them to lose in the first round. And I'm not scared of the L word either. As we know, we have played the L word and beaten the L word, and we will play the L word again, April fourth. That's going to be very interesting because April fourth, home versus L word on. ABC Channel 7, Sunday afternoon. Big, big, big marquee game. By the way, don't be too freaked out because we have Friday and Saturday off. So I know Sunday afternoon scares people, but we the, the day game dragon has been conquered at this point. We can just relax about that. But there, that's a little stint right there where it's Sunday, April 4th on Channel 7, ABC, or wherever you get your fine American Broadcasting Company <laughs> signal versus L Word Sunday afternoon you know, with two days off prior. Then we got a day off Monday. We play Portland Trailblazers at home, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night. And then day off. And then we play Phoenix at home. And then we play the lowly, lowly Houston Rockets on night two of a back-to-back. And look, we know we're absolutely perfect on night twos of back-to-backs. We learned that on this show. So that's going to be a great stretch. And then we play the L Word one more final time, May 6th, TNT, Another home game, Thursday, May 6th. So I actually like this 72-game season. Why do I like it? Here's why. Because you are a Western Conference team. There's 14 other Western Conference teams. There's 15 teams in each conference. And the math just works perfectly where you play three matchups versus your Western Conference rivals. So there are no series, regular season, practice season ties. I love it. And then there's the 15 Eastern Conference teams that you play twice. That's 30. 30, 2 times 15 is 30. 3 times 14 gets you to 72. (laughs) Right? Yeah, pretty sure. 14 times 3 is 42. And then the 15 Eastern Conferences times 2 is 30. There you go. 42 plus 30 is 72. I think every regular season should be 72 games, and they should, even though I've gotten on my high horse and my pedestal and said we're flawless and perfect and beautiful and wonderful on night twos of the back-to-backs, why are we playing back-to-backs with these world-class athletes and putting them in harm's way? Yes, the league is softer, and I'm okay with that. I cater to these superstars. I've grown to know these guys personally, for God's sake. I don't want anything to happen to these guys, especially my guys, my guys, my Clippers. Stop with the back-to-backs. Make the regular season 72 games and do the damn math and stop hurting these guys. They're going to get hurt because they throw themselves at each other. Oh, this article by Wykey. I guess apparently back in the day, practice was so tough and it was so physical that the game's would be easier because practice was so hard. And let's practice cutting to our final commercial 
I guess we have four commercials now, which is going to net me an extra five bucks a month. I can't wait for that. Oh, that extra cup of coffee. That'd be so deep if this fourth commercial was for coffee. Or honestly, I might just start a commercial and then just come back and keep talking. But I was told that we have four commercial breaks now instead of three. I just do what I'm told. We'll be right back right after this. Clippers Nation. All right, let's bring the show, this bird in for a landing. Let's bring this clipper ship into port. God, we had fun, didn't we? I really do love the show now that my best pal, Hank Dittman, is my broadcast partner. I think the show is so much more listenable. We do see eye to eye a ton, but I have listened to some other podcasts where my former co-host will be on and it's oh my god it's laughable amateur hour anyway oh, oh i promised you that i would list the uh clip uh, the clipper twitter nation uh negative nellies that are just so horrible <laughs> so if you if you want to just avoid these people like the plague or if you want to just like push their buttons and see if like they're horrible to you or, or maybe i'm just blowing smoke but uh, I'm, I'm going to bring these. Okay, this guy's the absolute worst, okay? And he retweets me all the time. But he, I had to unfollow him because it's just, uh, he's the worst. He's so negative. At Fast Fashion 25, Anthony, in parentheses, Mr. Perfect, anything but. Oh, my God. He is so doomsday gloomsday. He is so Thanos snapping his fingers, just obliterating half of humanity. You're just like, bro, what are you doing, dude? Come off the ledge, bro. So I don't know. If you want to, if you want to start a beef <laughs> with Mr. Perfect, with the self-professed Mr. Perfect, and hey, we're the self-professed best Clippers podcast, the best NBA podcast, and the best podcast podcast. We're the official, unofficial Clippers podcast. We're the longest-running Clippers podcast ever. And I believe, and I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true, I'm pretty sure we're the longest-running Los Angeles basketball podcast, I think. I think. I know we're the longest-running Clippers podcast. Okay, and this guy is just absolute dog Go to sleep, dog. He's absolute dog crap. At Charles three three eight zero two thousand and one. Oh man, is he garbage? Charles. Ugh. At Charles three three eight zero two zero zero one. One of the worst. Just such a gloomy Gus. At Madge Gauche. Maj Ghosh, win the weight at M A J G H O S H is a bit of a negative Nancy, just really hard to stomach. This guy's nonsense. I don't follow him, do I? No, he follows me, but oof. And I just don't want to mute people because of, I don't know, I just may need to mute these people, but I definitely need to walk away i'll walk away from clippers twitter well not clippers twitter but i'll walk away from twitter if clipper twitter walks away from the ledge just relax so yeah those are tonight's three lemons and i say when life gives you lemons you make lemonade and you add iced tea and you make an arnold palmer and i'm usually anti-golf because that's what doc rivers used to do instead of holding practice but now the regular season is practice so i love golf and i love arnold palmers and i love lemons Gang, Clippers Nation, believe in these 
guys. Believe in head coach Ty Lue. Believe in Kawhi Leonard. Believe in the ball movement. Believe in the Batum Battalion. Believe in my man crush, Serge Ibaka. Believe in my other man crush, Paul George. I had to take a I had to take a breath because Paul John Ringo George is just he's butter. I call him butter because he's so smooth. How great was he in the All Star game? How great was he when he put the dagger over Luca? Don't you just love Luca? Don't you just don't you just love it when we beat the Dallas Mavericks? And we did, thanks to Paul George's dagger. Believe in Kawhi Leonard, man. Believe in Mook Morris, who led all scorers at the half with a dirty dozen getting the start. Looks like he'll probably start from this point on. Serge Ibaka is likely to start when he gets back over Zoo, but Zoo's been fantastic. Believe in Zoo. It's okay to doubt Lou, I guess. <laughs> Just because Lou Will broke our heart going to a strip club to get chicken wings and, you know, was a bubble bust. But there's just so much less pressure on Sweet Lou. And he hit a couple of great ones in the win versus Dallas. He really did. He was great. We had six guys in double digits, which you know always means a Clippers W, I think, except for once this season. Maybe once. Definitely once. Maybe twice. But anyway, whenever we get six guys in double digits, we're going to win that game. When we have a 14-point lead and a 10-point lead or a dozen-point lead and the other team gets back to six, just relax, man. It's a, game of, it's a game of runs. Relax. Streaky, streaky NBA basketball. Exhale, Clipper Nation. This was fun. So glad I got you guys one-on-one tonight. I hope you had a blast with me. I sure did. Sadly, I'm going to say adieu. I'm going to bid you a fond farewell, but believe in these Clippers. We're in fine, fine shape. We've got a little bit of a nice, easy-ish run ahead of us before it gets a bit tougher. Day off Tuesday, Wednesday at Dallas where we will punish the Mavs. Obviously, they're going to have revenge at the front of their frontal lobes, but I say we punish them. And then it's... Day off Thursday, Friday, Saturday at home versus Charlotte. Day off Sunday, Monday, I'll be in the building. 322, Monday versus Atlanta. I like it. And then Kawhi goes back to San Antonio for a back-to-back at Spurs. They're having all sorts of problems. LaMarcus Aldridge wants out. Greg Popovich says, fine, have my Gordon's Fisherman fish sticks. And then it's going to be real interesting. At home versus Doc Rivers, Philadelphia 76ers, Saturday, March 27th, day off Sunday, and then at home versus the Greek freak, Milwaukee Bucks, who we have to beat. All right, guys, before I let you go, when Pat Beverly plays, we win two out of three games. We win two, we lose one. When Pat Bev plays, when he doesn't play, we're playing around 500, a little under 500. Let's get Pat Bev back in the lineup. Let's learn to win without Pat Bev, which we've done recently, which we did versus Dallas. Pat Bev wasn't available after the All-Star break, was he? I think that's when he got the soreness and had to leave the game. Regardless, we need to learn to win without Pat Bev. We need to get Pat Bev right so we don't have to win without him because we love Pat Bev in the lineup. He's the heart, the lifeblood of that team, of that locker room. He is the most vocal leader on the floor when he's out there. Paul George just isn't that guy. He's butter. Kawhi Leonard just isn't that guy. He's a robot. He's a cyborg. When his 
programmers programmed him in a lab at the Tesla SpaceX thing. They forgot to make him vocalize on the floor. <laughs> but we saw him turn it on and win last night versus Dallas, and we loved it. We absolutely loved it. Love these guys. And love the sound of the horn. Good night! It's a night.